0: It's all over
1: On any project, there's always certain hidden expectation on how on how um, how things will turn out, right? So, yeah. If you have any questions, am I upside
2: down? (laughs) Oh yes, you are upside (laughs) down. Oh okay. Maybe that could be the (laughs) maybe maybe that could be the run if Okay, okay. Let's run with it then. (laughs) Let's just roll. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please go
1: easy on me. Okay. So uh, Darius, would you mind introducing a little bit more on, you know, spend some time to just talk a little bit about yourself. What is the theme park industry about, you know, because people just go into the theme parks, they just enjoy themselves, right? Half the time, people don't really understand, yeah. oh man, what's in this thing? Does, does someone design this right? So how, how does it all work? you mind sharing with uh, yeah. our folks here, you know, what you do and a little bit about um, how you've been, what kind of stuff you have designed over the years?
2: Right. So, um, I started my career in team parts about seven years ago. So, I started out doing some storyboards for um, Universal Studios. One of the rights, um, that was um licensed by DreamWorks. Uh, it's called um uh, it's Puss in Boots. I'm not sure if you guys um tried it before. It's in Universal Studios Singapore. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my um first step um into. The team part industry, but I, I do still consider myself to be pretty green in this in this field, because there's a lot of um like really experienced veterans with decades of experience, and um typically a team part um um team part work revolves around um like picking a site and usually starts off with uh, master planning. So you have to work with architects on like what is the main narrative of the whole um, site, what are the different circulation routes, different mm. considerations, budgets and stuff. And usually we start off with um doing like a feasibility studies. So you have to study like other, um like have to um talk to stakeholders to sort of get a feel of like what is their intent, what's the ROI, stuff like that, and what are the like perhaps um like visitorship and stuff that they have in mind. So we have to balance that with, um, like, um, attraction designs and stuff and how we can really utilize the real estate to sort of maximize the returns for our clients. So mm. yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. And then, um, after all the pre-planning, we have to, um, start designing, um, like the, the themes. So mm-hmm. like there's this, um, confusion, um, when it comes towards a theme park uh, and amusement park, because um, mm. like, a lot of people actually don't know the difference, but um, there's there is actually some differences. So I mean, um, I mean it's actually in the name. So actually, a theme park is <laughs> yeah, there's usually like themes. There's usually thematic zones, and usually there's the budget is a lot higher. Yes. Yeah. So uh um, whereas amusement park usually um, there's not so much thought into um the whole master planning, like, um, traditionally, um, amusement park itself, like, just, um, like iron rights. So they just have the rights with, um, no teaming. There's no clear, um, transitions between different areas. So it's sort of just Mm. like tugging in just drag and drop all the different, um, iron Mm rights. So, yeah. So our job is to visualize, um, to take all these, um, We have to work with architects after they have come out with the facility buildings and all that we have to uh, work together to to see how we can theme the whole space. So it goes from like facade design, even uh, costume designs, Mm -hmm. and uh, even floor pattern designs, and even down to the trash cans. We have Mm -hmm. to visualize all different stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to do storyboarding. We have to work with lighting designers.
1: Stuff Mm. like that. Mm. So it's kind of like you're you putting someone in an immersive environment to kind of teleport them to another environment, right? So that they can see a different um, or rather immerse themselves into a new world, be it a strack or Puss in Boots kind of world, or be it like, you know, in uh, Universal Studios, where right? You have the Transformers, the, I think they call it the futuristic city or something like that, right? So it's a different environment where people can get the, you know, best possible experience that you design for them, right?
2: Yeah, I think yeah you destroy it better than me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's uh I think you you elaborated very well. Um, I think you know there is a key distinction that you mentioned with um theme parks and amusement parks, and I think um prior prior to um you know researching on this, uh, I didn't know the difference as a kid. I I, would, I couldn't tell the difference between a theme park and an amusement park. Mm. I thought the only right. thing, I mean, I thought I just thought it was a you know, maybe it's a naming convention i I don't know what's the distinction but you know just hearing from you that that there's a story behind it there's a theme behind it it's it's Mm. it's insightful yeah Yeah. and
2: also it goes down to the capital investment usually there's a key difference and then usually um we also try to design based on like the the capital investment so it depends on the level of budget that they have like is it a regional part is it a world-class part and then Mm. uh, we sort of use that as an anchor before we start designing so a lot of times we have to think about like um, the different key attributes that we are trying to go for mm. yeah, before we start even start designing, like what, what is the key intent? What, what is it what, that you're trying to get out of the whole pr- pr- project? Yeah. Mm.
0: And,
2: yeah, I think as a designer, a lot of these things, I mean, apart from drawing itself, you have to a lot of, a lot of think about and a lot to, mm. um, yeah, manage.
1: So you're saying there's also a strategic part to what you do, right? It's not just, oh, here's the brief design. You know, there's it there's a lot of thinking that is um, beyond the brief, right?
2: Yeah, a lot can fall and yeah. But mm. well, we typically start off with a what we call a blue sky stage. So yeah, people will just like you just sit down in the room and do like workshops and brainstorming to sort of like um gain alignment with all the, all the different stakeholders. Mm. I okay. think that that is uh, one of the most important aspect of what we do and also one of the more challenging ones because yeah I mean communication is key but I think perception is even more um, important because like even um, a perfectly communicated um, message might still be interpreted in different ways so I think mm. that's also part of the challenge when it comes to like
1: mm, definitely I mean that's why that's why you were mentioning that hey actually managing expectations is very important right because your expectation your client's expectation and maybe even your colleagues' expectations are all going to be so different from one another, isn't it? Because everyone yeah, has a different yeah. vision and which is why, like you said, getting alignment is so, so important because everyone has to be laser focused on the, you know, what is the final outcome? What's the final delivery? If everyone can get on board and are on the same page, then things would go so much smoother, isn't it?
2: Yeah. But that's also the, where the fun comes in, I guess, because like mm-hmm. the team part industry is so diverse, right? You get to like what we. With- People from different backgrounds and so many different disciplines. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: I think uh, in this thing, Imagineering alone, they have like more than 140 different professions. I mean, I read wow. it. Like, I, 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 I didn't really work for Disney, but I'm kind of like a fan. Mm. So I had to visit their stuff, their parts whenever I can. Mm.
1: I love how they brand themselves as well, right? Because they call themselves Imagineers. So they are Imagineering Engineers, which is really, really cool. So when you land a project, where do you start? How do you, what do you manage when you get a brief from a client say, hey, we've got this potential pitch that we're going to get from XXXYZ, you know, client, right? And it's worth this much. Where does this management, managing expectation process begin for you?
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, okay, when it comes, to, I think you mentioned something about the the, The budget right yeah so um usually we we start off with um i mean depending on the project sometimes you um get to talk to the clients um directly sometimes you have to work with project managers or producers so it really depends on um the situation so um but um usually we try to get as much information as we can be from the producers or um so, or sometimes they already have the feasibility studies done up in document. And we are trying to go through the documents to see if there's anything that we can extrapolate um, to um, provide an anchor for um, before we proceed. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's usually uh, how we start. So if a client yeah, has very big... Also, um, yes, mm. please. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on a case-by-case basis.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so sure. you talked about budget. We talked a little bit about um, feasibility studies and how you extrapolate mm-hmm. information out of them. Mm-hmm. And then you are right. talking you're talking about yeah. uh, working That's, on a case by case basis. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm,
2: yeah. Because for our company, we we don't just um, so our experiential diseases, exhibitions, or even like our brand activations and events. So like that's where where the budget uh, aspect of it comes in. Like, uh, for example, like for um a seasonal event, you don't really have the budget to have like more intricate like um, narrative or even like animatronics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas for um a major like world class as an IP tied to it, we, we tend to put um the lead time is usually longer, so we mm-hmm. get to spend more time um. And also there will be more stakeholders and that's where the intricacies come in.
1: Because mm, there's more at stake, right? When you have a bigger project.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also more stakeholders. Like um when there, usually when there's IP involved, you have to go through or like um clients or the developers, and you also have to go through like um approvers from the licensor.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, so you have to uh, have a lot of rounds of revisions, that's usually the norm. Right. So I got a, I got a one,
1: one, I see, I see, I see. Um, so one, one thought that comes to my mind is this. So if you have a client that has a pretty small budget, but they have very big ambition, how do you tell them that, Hey, you know, um, how do you manage the expectations?
2: Oh, I'll, I'll just leave that to the project manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, based yeah. on what you
1: observe, you know, how does your project manager actually yeah. manages that? I think,
2: yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, communication. Yeah, usually uh, we will try to list down like what um, they are looking for. And then um, after a few rounds of like uh, workshops, we will talk to like vendors and stuff to get quotations. And then we will do like um, a BQ. So we quantify whatever that's needed, and mm. and that's not really not my job, but um, that's usually the process. So we try to quantify mm. every single thing, and try to see um, yeah, how to mm. proceed when um, before the fabrication comes, mm. the implementation part. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: So when you say workshops, what 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 exactly happens in those workshops that you run with them?
2: Um. It's basically our meetings. So we will try to like um have discussions, and we're like do like, like whiteboard discussions and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And then we try to throw ideas around, brainstorm.
1: Mm. And that process helps you guys to quantify, help the client to quantify what they want, right? Based on the outcomes that they want to get, right?
2: Uh, uh, at that stage, it's mostly just about, um, like I was saying before, just gaining alignment and try to see, um, like, mm. um, sometimes we also have to propose like what uh, the content for them. Sometimes there's a clear, um, there's a clear anchor. So um, but oftentimes there is not, so that's where that's the part where we have to discuss to see uh, what they are looking for. Yeah.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. But sometimes
2: we might suggest maybe you can use this IP depending on like the market demand because different IPs have different um they have different coverage in different countries and different traction. So you don't want to like pick something that's not popular.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: We have to think about demographics and target audience that we are going for. Like you don't want to do like a. a very creepy, like horror kind of thing for something that's targeted at really young children. So, mm, yeah.
0: mm, mm.
1: so in that sense, you are kind of like, so, str- yes, you're strategizing with the client.
2: Yeah. yeah, It's mostly about targeting, like um, targeting yeah, and strategizing. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because
1: once you have a clear vision, then that's when things are easier to quantify. Things are easier to implement, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, but the, the quantification part is uh, at a later stage when um things started to um be clearer. Like after um mm. uh, concept designs, usually we break it down into different uh concept stages. So like we have project discovery, and then we have like concept designs, schematic designs, um detailed designs, and then we have like shop drawings and all that. Yeah. So it depending, uh, it depends on the project, and sometimes we um our scope might be smaller or might be bigger depending on like our partners as well. So sometimes um like for example sometimes we just do the concept and another company will do the schematic drawings or they will do the shop drawings. So it really depends. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Mm. So so your workshops also help with the scoping as well, right? Of the project from what I'm
2: yeah. And then uh, we try to come out with like a, a brief or a contract based on uh, what was discussed, but that's also mm. not my partner. So the, mostly mm. the project manager work, the, or the, the business management mm. uh, team. Mm. Yeah, but Occasionally we get to have our inputs.
0: Mm.
1: Got it. Got it. So like what, what I'm hearing from you is, um, you know, just getting clear, of uh, what's the direction that the client wants to take and, you know, strategizing with them to say, Hey, you know, maybe this may, this may work better with your project. And then eventually scoping things up helps to kind of like formulate up their expectations of what the project can look like. Right. So that's like kind of one big chunk of the work done. Right. When it comes to managing expectations.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Ah. okay. Yeah. So just so everyone is on the same page. Yeah, because mm-hmm. oftentimes the clients they might not um be, they might not know nothing about the like um entertainment design or even like the i p s that we propose so there's um sometimes we get opportunity to have the i p licenses sitting with us sometimes mm-hmm. not so our part is just to communicate like um and explain to them what, um to give like a rationale behind our our choice
0: yeah. mm.
1: okay Better. cool. Any any cool stories that happen when you in one of these workshops that you run or, you know, one of these workshops that you attended with your clients that actually helped them to, like, get the aha moment, the aha. This is exactly what we want. Oh, we kind of, previously, we didn't know where we were going, but now, after this session, we are kind of aligned and
2: we roughly know what to expect for the project. Uh, interesting. Uh, okay. okay, there was this, um, once I was doing this, um, like workshop in Indonesia. So they put us in a nice villa, which is nice.
0: <laughs> and we have our own
2: butler. <laughs> yeah. Like a two-story villa and then we have our own butler. And yeah, and that was interesting because like, I mean, to me, what's satisfying is when um your ideas are being validated. So, mm. uh, especially when, um, I mean, I'm a nerd. So sometimes I propose like nerd stuff, like all, all mm-hmm. different like pop culture references. And then when the client gets in, they're like, oh, I know that. I mean, that's, pretty reassuring and um, Mm. that's usually, I mean, you need to pick up all these visual cues and body language to see like how receptive they are uh, when it comes, before making all these different decisions. Mm. So I think it's also like, yeah, you have to to be conscious of that.
1: Mm. So what happened to the client in Indonesia that you you mentioned?
2: Uh, Yeah, it went pretty well, the workshop. So we have like a two day or three day workshop at that. I mean, yeah, but that was a while back.
0: Right,
1: right, right. So that helped them to like get the aha moment, like, aha, okay. Previously I was not sure, but now mm. I kind of have an idea of how things are going and yeah. you guys have to shape and scope
2: the project, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's like in an ideal world. Uh, oftentimes mm. there will still be a lot of revision stuff. Like but it's a it's a starting point. Like we have to um yeah, still go through like rounds and rounds of revision because um I mean words uh Words right. I mean, we can't really like. I mean, it can be interpreted in like so many different ways. Like, it's mm. usually until like further down the debate where they can see like, oh, okay, so this is what you are trying to propose, and then that's where um the real work comes in. I guess, yeah. Mm. Okay. It can be enduring at times, but it also rewarding when everything comes together.
0: Mm.
2: Especially it. when you see your project being built, I think that's where yeah.
1: Yeah, because you, you guys put in so many hours and so many what, weeks I mean, of work. I think, I guess. Yeah, and having seen... After all the blood and sweat and tears. Exactly, right? Because that's when you can see that, like, ah, finally, all that struggle, all that effort being put in is worth it because people are enjoying the experience that you guys have envisioned. So do you have any experience with, uh, you know, managing expectations for your clients? Like, I mean, not, not clients, sorry, colleagues. Like, when your colleagues have uh, different um vision from you how do you get alignment with them
2: alignment with your colleagues right yeah yeah with your colleagues yeah. yeah how do you how do you align with your colleagues oh yeah like like I was uh chatting with Dom like before this I was I was saying that usually I try to break it down into three different components so i mean when it comes to expectation there's like personal expectations there's like project expectations and high expectations right so when it comes to like managing expectations with colleagues i think we have to um i think respect the hierarchy when it comes to um doing group work and the um the camaraderie with your with your colleagues i think is very important like oftentimes like i think a project will fall apart if there's two in this room because like everyone will tend to think that they are they have the best solution. That's actually need to know where I, I I personally feel. Yeah. So sometimes we have to um do our our part to um, whatever we but we also have to detach ourselves from um what was being chosen or uh what was being chosen by the the director or whoever is in charge because um ultimately he has to be accountable for the decision and we have to respect that uh hierarchy.
0: Hmm. So yeah,
1: you you were saying about um, respecting the hierarchies of uh, you know your co your co workers, right? Um, what is it like to actually enroll a colleague into your vision? You know, do you have any tips to like you know yeah. because if you believe that your vision is holds true for the project and you know is the one that will benefit the project the most. How do you get others to come on board and say, hey, you know, this is the best idea. And I think this will work best without putting your, you know, without any ego and whatnot. How do you do do that?
2: Yeah, I think first thing first, you have to detach yourself from the project and um, whatever that's been chosen. Because oftentimes what we think might be best might not be the best. You only be validated when it goes to the client. So oftentimes, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, um, opinions are just opinions when it's, just not being validated, I feel. so mm. yeah. We always propose what we feel is right, but ultimately um before it goes to the client, it's just a proposal. And um yeah, so you have to learn to detach yourself from the project, I think. Mm, 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 mm. And just um just think about it from the angle whereby you're just um doing it for the project. And yeah, like you say, try not to be egoistic about it. Mm. Okay yeah
1: but when when let's say you have a or rather when how do you manage the cohesiveness of a team you know so that everyone um puts aside their ego and works for the best of the project, is there is there something that has worked for your team?
2: Oh, That's a tricky question because I'm constantly trying to work on it. <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> like, yeah, that goes down to like uh, interpersonal skills, I feel like um yeah, so apart from work, you have to try and keep a healthy relationship though. Yeah co-workers. I think that's also quite important. Yeah. And mm. yeah. Because okay. there's uh oftentimes there will be like heated debates during like uh meeting with clients or like um like your co-workers because they have like so they have differing views, right? Which is a common mm. thing. And mm. it's actually important to have that because it shows that um they're actually uh into the project. Yeah. Yeah that's um that's a good sign, but also, like, it's about I think, yeah, not taking it personally, even uh, if you are receiving, like, um, I think, yeah, less than pleasant feedbacks, I
0: guess.
2: Mm. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, is essentially just be a professional, you know, don't take yeah. anything
1: personally, don't take anything too, too emotionally, it's just work, it's nothing personal,
2: yeah, right, and just try to, like, be tactful when you are giving, like, critiques and stuff because. Like we, we tend to think we have the best ideas, but often, more often than not, um, that's not usually the case, because um, yeah, because different um, stakeholders have different um, point of view and they have different priorities, and I think it's about just communicating um, what we want and sort of um, try to gain as much feedback as we can throughout the process.
1: Yeah. Mm. So getting feedback, getting. Um you know, the input from client and, you know, being, being professional about things helps you to build a cohesive team.
2: Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Oh, I think now it's working much better after I switch off the Instagram. Like, is that, is that okay? If we just do the Zoom?
1: Yeah, that's fine. I, I turned it off as well. So maybe that may be the
2: the thing that's, uh,
1: yesterday yeah.
2: the, the drive around was, was better. Yeah. Yeah. Without the... Is...
1: Kind of strange, but it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Uh, technology is... I
2: think it's my... Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't been to my bills or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Here yeah. we are. Um, yeah, so what do you like most about your projects so far?
2: Um, yeah. Uh, um, I think what I like about... I mean, the most about my, uh, my work is um, the range of projects that we get to do. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, like, so far, we've done some work for like um, aquariums and you get to uh, speak to marine biologists like, and get to go to the back of house and see like how all this operation works. And
0: mm.
2: Yeah, because, um, yeah, and I also like the diversity and the dynamics in our company because you get to work with architects, interior designers,
0: mm-hmm.
2: basically different people from different backgrounds and disciplines.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And to me, that's very interesting because like I was yeah i was just telling you that like as millennials i think if i'm still considered one (laughs) uh i think i have a very attention span (laughs) so yeah so uh to me it's nice to be able to like like get my feet wet in different areas so sometimes i get to do like um like storyboarding sometimes i get to do like um like maybe a little bit of master planning or like mm. sometimes I get to do a bit of um like key art and stuff like that. I think to me it is pretty fun. Yeah. Mm. And I'm still learning every day. So I think um yeah, there is uh also what what I really enjoy about my work.
0: Mm,
1: okay. Cool. So uh Hang has some questions. What's the most interesting project you have worked on so far?
2: Uh most two uh that's a tricky one because I think each of them um to me they're all interesting, but uh I think mm. last year we get to do um a Halloween project that was the first for me, so um yeah, that was based on a Korean horror movie, so yeah uh, it's it's really interesting yeah is and that's the only horror maze that I've done so far so that, uh, that struck an impression yeah wow so. Yeah, but it was only a seasonal event, so it only lasted for um a few months. But mm. it was um yeah. So there are like uh, also virtual reality um components in the the uh, the whole attraction. So there's like different pockets of space where you can do different activities. I I didn't really get to go on site, but uh my colleague showed me some pictures and yeah, it's it's nice to see your um some of your ideas get translated into a uh, physical space. Mm, definitely. And then you see
1: all this definitely, definitely, definitely that's when you know the idea becomes real and it becomes something tangible that you can touch feel and experience and see yeah. people go and, through yeah,
2: that yeah yeah I think like the different aspect of theme part design is that you get to have like think about the different sensory inputs so it's not mm-hmm. just about uh, visual there's also like sense of touch and sense of smell and stuff like that mm. yeah more tactile and yeah that's there's also um some other um, things you can think about when designing.
1: Mm. gotcha, gotcha. Um so what are the more challenging tasks that you had to handle and overcome in your entire career so far? Um,
2: for me it's about um challenging tasks. I think it's about communication. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think working with people is the most challenging part. You know, the drawing part. <laughs> Yes, actually, yeah, because you just have to like, um, yeah, you just don't have to interact with people, you just like, sort of, like, just get in your zone, put on your headphones and just do your thing. right? Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I think like, oftentimes for me, because I'm not very eloquent, I'm not very outspoken. So to me, communication can be rather challenging at times. So.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Communication is so, challenging. Okay. And how do you overcome it? You know, because if if communication is, it's um, a hurdle for you, and obviously you have mm. overcome it. What are some of your ways to overcome it?
2: Oh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'll let you know maybe like, in a few months' time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, just aside, I think uh yeah, I think yeah um okay. I think one of the my. Uh, I, I guess I just try not to do things that you'll regret later. Try not to say Yeah, like just try to think through it in your head, like rinse and repeat before you say something you regret. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Yeah, and also, yeah, like I was saying before, just try to be tactful and yeah, respect each other's um profession. Yeah, because I think that is uh, one of the key challenges. Like when you are working with people from different uh, disciplines, because mm. you guys have different, um, like a frame of mind. You have different uh, terminologies, and that's where a lot of uh, miscommunication comes in. Mm. Mm. So you, yeah, that is a challenging part. I think. So you have to sort of synthesize that and come out with a cohesive, um, like, uh, work culture, I guess, or like even when you are dealing with clients, so. Mm. Hmm. I'm just curious
1: though, like, you know, I've also worked on a theme attraction before and have you ever had to come with like a, be like a translator of like, Oh, what this executive is saying and, and you have to explain it to your team. Oh, actually what this executive says when he means, uh, let's say, um, a theme experience can be translated into a different word used by a team. You know, have you ever done like translation between two different departments before?
2: Um, not so much. Usually, that's the uh, role of the directors and all mm. the producers or project managers. Mm. But um, I've done like, like, real translation work. I mean, not not just like inter- brief interpreting the brief. I've done like translation, like from like Chinese like Chinese translation for certain projects. Mm. Yeah. So that that is one of the challenging part. Yeah. That's why to me communication is really tricky. Because because like uh, for us in Sing- Singaporeans, we usually like converse in um like Singlish or English right, and so right. a lot of the technical terms we are not um really so well versed in. So like um there was this once I was actually um like sent overseas for like a presentation. Like I was only notified like a few days before flying. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was really really, and I'm I'm not um from an architectural background. So a lot mm-hmm. of the terms, like even in English you are not too sure what it means, but you have to um, translate on, on the spot, on the flight, in the room, like 30, 40 people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was one of, the, like, yeah, most, um, yeah, one of the most memorable experience i had. yeah, had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sitting in a room with like, people like in suits and all this and um. Like all the like, um, uh, like the developers or the governors, they are like sitting in front, and they have their um subordinates sitting behind taking notes. It's yes. Really, it's
0: kind of, uh, so it's
1: kind of like a high stakes kind of a uh, meeting because all the important people are there, right?
2: Yeah, that was for a uh, competition, so we there were also like other companies that were there. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty challenging, but I'm glad we got the project despite my broken Chinese.
1: Yeah, see, so if you have a good idea, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Because the ideas will translate well, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's why right. art is an abiding force. It goes beyond cultural boundaries.
1: It's true. I totally agree with that. Um, I mean, I've worked on a project as well where, you know, the architects can't really communicate well with the vendors over email and all it takes is someone, for someone like me to visualize the uh, experience. Then yeah. everyone goes, ah, okay. I see what yeah. you're talking about. That's where the art yeah. really just aligns everyone to the vision, the grand vision
0: of the, yeah. of the project.
2: Yeah. Exactly. That's why words can be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah. So I think that's the aspect of what we do is to like, translate that into visuals like, that can really help the sound of the project.
0: Mm.
1: Correct, correct. I think, I think what, we, what we do as artists in, in your industry would really be to uh, align people together and say, hey, this is how it can look like. This is how what people should experience, what they should be feeling when they see this attraction and whatnot. Um, are you okay with that? If you're okay with that, good. Let's work towards building this. That's all. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the, the costing, the costing, whatever. Let the project manager handle it. Let the, you know, let the finance team deal with it. Um, but this is the experience we are committed to building. If we need to shrink yeah. it, let's find ways to cut corners. If you need to, if you've got additional budget, okay, let's make it full-blown.
2: <laughs> right oh yeah that's also one of the uh things that i learned from one of my mentors he mm. was um yeah he is like a huge disney fanatic so he always um tried to like impart on me like um like different ideologies when it comes to like um i shouldn't say cut corners but it's about strategically like pacing elements so we can actually um uh utilize um the real estate and mm. the budget so we can put mm. um budget uh, on where it's important so it's kind of like doing like art as well like you mm. we tend to have like focal point so mm. that's where you put all your focus on and where you put all the details and stuff
0: so, yeah
1: so it's really optimizing the resources that you have to create the best possible effect in that
0: yeah. attraction yeah
2: yeah so that's also the difference between like a good master plan and a um, not so good one yeah mm.
0: because
2: you have yeah you you got to optimize and you know, see what what's the where's the best place to place some money mm,
1: so optimization is a good management strategy now like, when it comes to handling expectations like.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's also usually when there's money uh, numbers involved or like case studies involved it's easier to like persuade or convince like um clients or colleagues
1: right 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 because there's something physical to say, hey, you know, if this is what's been done before, you know, yeah. we have a track record and it's important to have that.
2: Yeah, okay, we have, have some
1: we have another question from Shren. Uh, our, our question from Shren, not another one. Um, Darius, why do you prefer working as a concept artist in the theme park industry over the uh over a games industry, over the video games industry?
2: Why do I prefer? No, actually I, I like uh both mediums. I think um, in fact, I think they are really, really similar. Um I there's this um designer that I really like as well. It's called Don Carson. He's he um a team part designer, but he's also designs for games. So I think they are just um they are they are very similar. And in fact, um uh, before I started out in um team entertainment, I was actually uh, working in a games company. Mobile games company startup for a bit.
0: Mm.
2: It was for about um one and a half years, two years.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. So I think they are both um great mediums, especially for like a visual artists, because you get to tell different stories and in different formats. I think. Mm. But they do have their differences when it comes to like uh, budget.
0: Mm.
2: For like um like a physical team um uh, part space, usually we go through this process called value engineering, which is um. We think about how we can, um, like, optimize the the materials and stuff, so we can, um, or maybe like cut down um, on some of the not so necessary stuff, so so we can save some cost. So I think that's the key difference because it has to be buildable.
0: Mm, mm, yeah. mm.
2: So there's there's more concerns when it comes to like uh, structural integrity and stuff, but that's not really my scope. That's uh usually done by the structural engineers.
0: Hmm.
2: For, for my part, it's mostly just to um, come up with the, the thematic concepts and um, mm. the theatricality of, of it. So. Mm.
1: Are there any differences when it comes to designing for, a, for the video game industry versus, say, the, you know, the theme industry, the theme attractions industry?
2: Um, I think um, there are some fundamental differences. But for me, I haven't really got, gotten a chance to work on like... Um, uh triple a game. So for me uh, um, back then the game that I work on is actually a 2D sprite game. So that's um that's pretty different from uh visualizing um like a three-dimensional space because I was like working with like isometric um views and stuff. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. based on my personal experience. But I think in terms of like um the work process is not that different apart from like having uh to think about um like safety and stuff like that. Yeah. I think safety is also another consideration when you are designing because uh you don't want to have things that are like um that can like uh cause people to fall down and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Mm. So would you say there are more considerations that need to be you know thought of mm. and cleared when you're designing for a theme attraction?
2: Yeah, there are different considerations. I different. wouldn't say more I'm sure mm. yeah, I'm sure games has their own uh, challenges as well. Yeah, like mm. I have some um, friends in the games industry and I think they have to work with, like, level designers and stuff. I'm sure there's, like, a lot of technical challenges when it comes to, like, coming out with a good um, game.
0: Mm. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: How did you get into this industry? Oh,
0: it
1: was... um, Yeah, they're virtually, like, there's only, like, one or two theme parks in Singapore. How do you get into it?
2: Yeah, I will consider my journey into theme park an accidental one, because uh, <laughs> yeah, totally accidental. Yeah, for me because I didn't actually know that there's such a an uh, industry um that's present in Singapore. So for me, I I, w- I was attending this workshop um that was hosted by um Design Singapore Council. So he had, um so I attended this class by um this industry veteran from Hollywood called Nick Pew. So he designed stuff for like Star Wars. I think he also worked on um, the latest Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I met a few of my uh, classmates who were actually doing this. So uh, they sort of referred um, to their company and that's how I sort of got my food Hmm. So
1: through an event, then you met the right people and then they eventually kind of recruited
0: yeah. you, right?
2: I think like that's also a huge part of like um of uh, networking. It's really important as artists. Even like even though a lot of us can be introverts, but I mean, it's it's still something that we need to learn to overcome, or try to at least get better. But of course, there's also different priorities. So I think as an artist, like I was talking about personal like um like uh, expectations, right? I think it's it's also about like. Um, discovering what um, you are gearing towards. I think that's also very important. Like mm. because like aspe- um, I think expectations change throughout the years. You have different priorities when you are working with different people. Mm. Um, as as you're going through all these different stages, you tend to like um want different things in your life. So like for me now, like I tend to uh, take things a little bit more easier because my uh my age isn't getting any younger. <laughs> so, <laughs> taking a toll on me, so I get tired more easily. So I, I try to like take it easy compared mm. to before. You know. mm. uh, and yeah, stay healthy, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, you know how to manage expectations, which is I think it's very valuable. Um, what you shared earlier about you know um having discussions with clients, scoping work, right, and even finding the best ways to optimize uh yeah. you know with the available resources. Uh, helps to actually ground a client and to manage their expectations, right? Manage what they are, what they can envision. And like what you said, even when you're working with colleagues, you know, um, managing your individual self, uh, with regards to your own, um, uh, temperament and your own detachment from the work, right? It helps you to stay focused on what's needed for the project. Yeah. So I think, I think that's really, really helpful. So thank you for sharing that. And, um, for rest of you guys, uh,
0: Yes, you're saying,
2: yeah. I always think uh, from the point of view of the project, Yeah, instead of putting yourself before the project. I think that's that's key. Yeah. Well said, yeah, like nothing, a pro. Nothing, yeah, it's nothing personal. It's just for the project,
0: yeah.
1: Hey guys, Rubasaurus Dom here. Thank you for joining us in our role. If you'd like to hear more about Southeast Asian entertainment designers and creatives, do give us a subscribe. Join us at Robosaurus Draws on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Catch you next time!